1: Welcome to Money MD. The Money Doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money.
2: We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve
1: Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with over 20 years' experience providing financial planning
2: and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey local provider. Also have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. And I'm Gordon Leppard, financial advisor with Richard Young Associates. Good to be here today, guys. Yeah, good yeah, Saturday.
3: It's
1: another great Saturday. Um, we're excited to have you listening to us today as well on our weekly radio show. We are right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m.
2: You can also go to our website, moneymd.net. Uh, we have a link in the top right-hand corner that you can stream us. Uh, obviously, the dial is 1230 a.m. We also have the the podcast um, very popular with our, our our clients and folks listening out in the uh, csRA so you can check us out if you don't make it you know the Saturday morning from nine to ten. You can listen to us during the week yeah, no excuse for
1: not listening to the money doctors. You can also reach us by email we 'd love to hear your questions. You can email us directly at info at moneymd dot net or you can link to us on our website, again, moneymd.net. Well, guys, we have a great uh, lineup here for the show. But before we get into that, you know, it's it's still football season.
2: It's also women's basketball season. Carolina has the second-ranked <laughs> team in the nation. I'm serious. Yeah, that was a yeah. quick transition. of It There's
1: really a good. great women's golf tournament going on this weekend, too, John. But, Somewhere. You know, we're, we're no, talking know. about football
2: here. Just trying to be equal. You know. you know,
1: so I'm just saying here, uh, you know, ten, 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 five seasons in a row where we've Won 10, 10, 10 games or more. Yeah. That's pretty impressive for 10, Clemson. 10 and 0
2: since 1980, first time since 1981 that you won the very, national championship. Yeah, so. it's very, very nice. It's
1: true. So we're hoping for coming a repeat together, there. Georgia
2: got a nice win against Auburn on the road. Yeah, that was that was big, uh, I think, for, for yeah. Rick and for the program. Yeah, Tech, yeah, tech so. lost. Carolina lost again. Ouch. Kind of repeat story, but that's all right. We're playing Citadel. They have a good team, but hopefully we'll get a W this, this afternoon. That's right. Yeah. We've got They're Georgia playing, Southern coming to Athens High School. Too, yeah, so, watch out. You know We'd, they're, they're not outside. bad, yeah. Wake Forest is coming to Wake Clemson. Forest yeah. coming to Clemson, Big yeah.
1: that that'll be uh, beautiful weather. That, little, that'll be pretty chilly. good for us.
2: A little chilly today. Yeah, but.
1: so Clemson beat Syracuse. So hey, we're hanging in there. You know, we're we're going for that twelve and zero again. W is so, a W. It is, but uh, another great day to watch football, and uh, and a great day to listen to the Money Doctors because we have a great show lineup here for the day, guys. Um, you know, we're going to start off here talking about shopping. Oh, yes. i um, showing our feminine, feminine side here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Black Friday shopping, you know, you want to go big with the right apps here. You want to save big with the right apps. Um, you don't have to run out to the store. So we're going to talk about what apps you need on your iPhone to do this right guys Mm -hmm. there's ways to save lots of money not have to fight the
2: crowd quite a few apps and we talked about we'll talk about in the prescription you got to be careful which what apps you have on there so interesting true
1: uh, good combination here for the show that's right
2: and we're going to follow that up with an article out of usa today and it's is the 60 40 stock and bond portfolio mix which is kind of standard in the industry is it is it still valid? Is it something that investor, as an investor, is that something that you should be looking at as you go into retirement? So there's some, some pros and cons to it. We're going to dive in very deep into that. It's a great topic. We have uh, conversations with our clients about this periodically, so uh, looking forward to that one. Then we're going to get back to the holiday uh, theme again and, and look at, you know, holiday
3: budgets too there, many th- yeah it's, it's important is there such a thing there is such a thing okay. and you know it can really help keep you on track and uh stay focused and it's not just gifts hmm you know so we'll talk about some of the other elements of uh, of our holiday budgets
1: yeah how not to blow your budget this holiday season and That's right. you know leading into that, though, guys, the first topic here is, again, Black Friday shopping. So we'll talk about that in a second after we do the uh, Financial Fact of the Week.
2: Yes, this comes from the uh, the College Board, and it talks about a child that's born in 2015 the ex- it's so expensive, guys. You, uh, Steve, you and I know this now. We have kids in college, Gordon. It it's coming up, buddy. It's coming up. I know, and know. Um, I know. You know the average cost today is probably twenty to twenty five thousand. They're predicting, based on a five point six percent year increase, which has been the increase over the last thirty years, that a, a child born today would spend it would cost them over two hundred and twenty four thousand dollars to go for a four-year college
1: that's a public college public college that's ridiculous that's if
2: they finish in four years that's right like you're talking about right john yeah that's right so it's it's really daunting when you start thinking about saving for retirement and you know paying off mortgages and so forth it's hard to fit college in with those kind of expenses so you know, there, there are ways to do that. Go local can certainly be a lot you know, exactly. less something, expensive.
1: Something has to change. I mean, you know, online education mm-hmm. I think is a great alternative um, nowadays. Hopefully that's going to become more and more prevalent and is going to cut the cost of college dramatically.
2: I think the other thing that people are considering now is um, I'll call it a tech school, but a two-year school, and you get a specific you know, degree, training, whether it's a, um, you know, in a nuclear field. I see those ads in, in the local papers. So there are ways to reduce that. So, but that's just staggering 5.6% over 30 years. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. I think the college cartels have a tight grip on the cost of college and they're not letting online education really, you know, take off like Mm -hmm. it should.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to change, though, like you said.
1: Yeah, I hope so. hope so. That's a great financial fact of the week. Okay, and that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is Black Friday shopping. Um, Saving big with the right apps. Yeah, guys, I mean, we're not trying to encourage you to go over shop this holiday season, you know, but if you're going to shop, you need to make sure you're getting the best deals. Um, And, of course, you know, we're right here on the brink of the best, the biggest Shopping day of the year, right? Um, you know, Black Friday in the home stretch for Christmas. So the question is, do you trudge out to the stores at 4 a.m., hit the big box stores in the cold, hmm. fight the maddening crowd? Can I answer that real quick? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I don't. You don't. No, I don't anymore <laughs> either. You know, Or do you try your luck snatching one of those great deals seconds before millions of other people push the button online on Cyber Monday? <clears throat> um, the answer is neither, guys. I mean, here's what you do. You use one of these amazing Black Friday apps on your smartphone do all your shopping thursday and friday from the warmth of your lazy boy and you keep your budget in check that's right exactly you got to have a budget you got to have a list but that's what you do
2: yeah and there are some terrific apps for for buying everything from ultra hd tvs to mixers and and many of those deals are going to be running you know all week i think you're going to speak to some of them already out there believe it or not so forget the idea of missing breakfast and fighting those crowds at whether it's walmart or target that's only for those non-tech, savvy seniors. <laughs>
4: there <you go>. Exactly.
2: <laughs> but we love you. Yes, we, we do. We do love you, Mom. I have some family <laughs> members in okay.
1: that category. So. <laughs> yes, we, we all do. Yeah, I mean, the computer, the smartphone apps, they are the way to get the real deals. And these new apps, they can search all the ads and the stores for you in seconds. I mean, the ads are already available on these apps, you know. So if you look at some of the deals coming out next Thursday... Um, You know, I feel like I got robbed on some of my recent purchases, quite frankly. I mean, one of them, just for example, is $149 for 49-inch LED 1080p high-definition Toshiba <laughs> TV wow. at Best Buy. It's already out there. I just wow. checked it. I just checked it this morning. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, come Thursday afternoon, man, that thing's going to be available on that app. And so that's the way to shop. You know, yeah, I remember about 10 years ago, my son Josh and I, we hit Best Buy at 5 a.m. to get this great deal on a new computer. And we were maybe the first 50 in line, you know, but it was crazy. I mean, how many people were standing in the dark, in the cold, to be the first in the store and while it was a great memory for us,
2: you That's know, what a lot of people do it for. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was an experience for me and my son. I mean, we did get the great deal on a computer, saving a few hundred bucks, but I can't imagine doing that again today. I mean, there are just too many better ways to do it nowadays, so that's what we're going to talk about. How, how much would you have paid for a cup of coffee then? Oh, man. That night? You know, that would have been... Yeah, yeah true. <clears throat> Just be sitting at home <laughs> and your like, lazy yeah. boy, punching on your smartphone. Yeah, that would have been the way to go, but you can do that today, and so that's what we're going to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, so here are some of the apps that will change the way you shop their Black Friday deal forever. Um, First one here on the list is called TGI Black Friday by Etchature, I think is the name of it. Um, It's kind of a strange name. Anyway, it's TGI Black Friday. It's a well-organized app, has all sorts of deals by products and stores. You can create a personalized shopping list. By clicking on the add deals to, you know, add them to my list, which is great if you want certain items during your shopping excursion. The app is a pleasure to look at. It looks good. Um, you can share it, you know, with your favorite, uh, with your friends um, on email, Twitter, Facebook. So that's a great start for an app to download. Mm-hmm. Sounds
3: pretty user friendly there. Uh, then there's another one. It's called Black uh, Black Friday by Fat Wallet. Now this is a complete app and it's free. Uh, it has sales sales ads for over hundreds and hundreds of different stores, and it looks like you know the ads that you would pull right out of your local newspaper. Um, you can simply page through them, zoom around, look wherever you'd like to, and then uh, the Fat Wallet has given their Black Friday app a major, major facelift this year uh, with better product images and more sorting options, just like just added. So if something pops up, there's a new sale, then they put it on there immediately and you're notified. Uh, it's had a lot more stores in the previous year, so it's supposed to be a pretty good one. They boast that they have over
1: 100,000 coupons available. Wow, there you go. Coupons. That's a that's a key word for some ladies out there. <laughs> hey, another one here before we go to break is the Black Friday 2015 app with ads and holiday shopping deals by Byvia. Um, Yeah, this Black Friday 2015 by Bavia is an ideal app to have as your comparison app on Black Friday because when you browse the deals by whether they're – you can browse them by Black Friday deals, online deals, local deals. You can even browse them by category store, search for specific deals. Um, you can add deals to your shopping list or create shopping list alerts to be notified of you know personalized deals that cater to you. There's even a scanner included in this app nice. that al- Yeah, that allows you to scan the item you have in your hand and check and see if there's a better deal somewhere, somewhere else. else. That's good. So that's a really good one. Okay, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call 706-739-0725. You're listening <laughs> The Money MD. We'll be right back after
4: these next days.
1: Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is the Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about Black Friday shopping. Guys, I mean, the way to do this right is to sit in your lazy boy. <laughs> you know, on Thursday night, you don't wait till Friday, because it the they they all starts Thursday role. evening. You sit in your lazy boy and you punch the button and you get what you want. You're straight off the deal right there. I mean, they're all online and you know you can go to multiple stores at one time. You don't have to go like get in your car and drive from one to the other in the yeah. middle of the night. Um, yeah, I mean, you can do them all in seconds.
2: I saw what Walmart's doing starting theirs at, like, 3 a.m. Thanksgiving Day. I mean, they just keep moving oh, yeah, up. Oh, yeah, they're all moving sooner
1: them sooner. up. They're all moving them up. Well, I mean, one, I, I Best Buy, I think, opens at 5 p.m. Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately yeah. oh. for the workers, they yeah. got to go out on Thanksgiving and go work.
3: And then there there are still those stores that are refusing to, yeah. to open. Well, they, right, are, you know.
1: they are, and I respect that. And, yeah, uh, I do, and, too. you know, really should like to patronize those businesses. Um, you know, but, yeah, I mean, there's some amazing deals out there. Like, I gave an example here at Best Buy. On Thursday, there will be a, a $149 for a 49-inch LED high-definition Toshiba TV. I mean, what a deal, yes. you know? I mean, man, I got robbed on the one that I bought a couple <laughs> years ago, apparently, because it was about that size. And, jeez. It wasn't $149. It wasn't $149. Yeah, yeah. was $149. That was a tax. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I mean, so this is the way to do it, you know? So we talked about a couple of these ads. Apps. There's TGI Black Friday app. That's a great app that you know, allows you to make your own shopping list and look through all the stores um, and then even share it on Twitter and Facebook. Then there's Black Friday by Fat Wallet, another great app. There's Black Friday 2015 app with um, <clears throat> the ad holiday shopping deals. Um, even has a scanner involved with it, so you can you know, when you're in the store. You can having these apps is not only for sitting at home, also if you're going out in the stores, you want these apps because mm-hmm. you can check all the other stores for the same product. That's right, and you can scan the the uh, item if you have it in your hand. Another one here, though, we haven't talked about yet, is Black Friday 2015 by Slick Deals. Um, I like that name, Slick Deals. Slick Deals. Yeah, yeah, this is a pretty cool app, you know, with some extra features. Um, you can browse the Black Friday deals by stores or categories, create shopping lists, they even take part in a Black Friday discussion board. Yeah, that's what I want to do, Black Friday, just start talking about <laughs> it. Talking about, <shopping>. about
4: yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, it's even worse than shopping. <laughs> uh, but then, there, then, then there's another one here, um, Black Friday 2015, <clears throat> ad app um, by blackfriday.fm by Sazzy, whatever that is. (laughs) But anyway, I mean, this app's very well organized. It includes a Black Friday uh, news, deals by stores, deals by category shopping list. The stores included in this app seem to be more the major chains than local stores. So if you need a bigger variety, this may not be the app for you. But the interface isn't eh, well, the interface isn't as welcoming as some of the others. Um, but it has a sleek look to it um, that some people prefer. You know, it's not the app for everybody, but it's another one.
2: Yeah, another one on the list is Brad's Black Friday uh, by Brad's Deals. Never heard of uh, that one before, but it contains well-organized list of hundreds of stores. You can tab through uh, all of their holiday ads, including the Black Friday ads. Um, you know, its catalog of deals isn't really descriptive at all, but... Um, Not really organized, but if you're looking for a general overview of the deals, it's worth a gander. So maybe there's – maybe one of those other ones we talked about. um, Sounds very similar to the Fat (laughs) Wallet one. Yeah, just go go, um, search on the app. Black Friday apps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the point is there's a ton of apps out there, you know, and you need to go get an app. Have two or three of them. Use them. Find one you like and use those for Thanksgiving, you know. Um, Day for getting ready for the Black Friday stores, shop uh, sales. If you go in the store, though, you know, and if you do trudge out on Thanksgiving weekend or any time, um, don't go without being armed with, with one called Red Laser app on your smartphone. Sounds focused. Isn't it, though? Mm-hmm. Red Laser. Red like Laser. That. It is focused, yeah, because it scans the barcode and instantly searches thousands of retailers online and locally to see that you're, you're, what you're coveting is worth the amount you're they're showing you there. As a bonus, Red Laser also indexes coupons and sales um, to add to your Black Friday discounts. Also, um, be sure to use the digital wallet feature that allows you to scan and store your loyalty cards so you don't have to fumble around the cash register. I mean, this is a crazy good app. This is a must if you're going to be serious about snatching the deals this holiday season. Red Laser app. You want to make sure you have that. That That's a crazy good app. Another one here is Shop uh, Savvy. Excuse me, Shop Savvy. It's another incredible app for the in-store shopper. It allows scanning, comparing prices. You know, if that's not enough, um, just like Red Laser, it also lets you purchase items inside the app. So that's even better because you don't have to go to the store's website. Mm -hmm. You can do it right there in the app. So if you find a cheaper price online, you can nab it. You can click it do it with a click of the button.
3: And then if you don't want to tackle the crowds like we've kind of been talking about as well, uh, Steve, shop online and know exactly when the big sales start have them in your uh, shopping cart, you know, when when that s- time starts so that, you know, you can be ready to check out immediately. And now one of the incredible deals uh, before the limited supply, you know, goes away. Last year, researchers found that 70% of Black Friday doorbusters were available actually online, if only for a few moments. They were still right. there online. So, you know, you
1: didn't have to necessarily fight the crowd there yeah and the key is having it already in your shopping cart ready to go so you can just push the button a second it it opens that's right that's a good yeah, point that's a real good good way to do it yeah and also i mean focus on consumer electronics first you know black friday um they say that the consumer electronics will be the best deals out there you only need to compare prices at the nation's low price rivals like amazon walmart they nab the best possible buys you know before you even make a purchase on black friday check to see whether amazon or walmart have the same price you know each of the retailers they've been watching competitors prices they update in real time so they will match prices unannounced you know very quickly so if you want to make sure you do that as well so check out amazon walmart best buy those kind of places takeaways here are don't don't dare hit the stores this friday without downloading a couple of the black friday apps so you can intelligently find the deals you're looking for unless you simply like the crazy shopping frenzy i mean do your shopping from the comfort of your home and don't waste time driving around the stores and of course most of all make sure you have a budget and a list for all of your holiday gifts don't let the fun of shopping blow your budget and ruin your january that and be safe of you know, course.
2: Be safe and courteous but of others. Don't push grandma down to go get the you know newest gadget. That's right. You Just know, push the button instead. Push the button. <laughs> push the <laughs> button, not grandma. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right.
1: All right. That leads us up here to our question of the week.
2: Yeah, this question has to do with investing, and um, the question is, is, does active investing passive investing. So active investing is someone that's trying to time the market and figure out specific sectors, specific stocks versus passive, where you kind of put it in an index fund, and you hold it long-term. And guys, we've seen some stats recently from uh, from DFA that show over time, most mutual funds do not even beat their index, much less even survive and stick, stay around. That's right. Right? That's
1: right. Yeah, there's no question there have been... Been multiple studies that have been done that that have proven that active investing, doing a lot of turnover, trying to time the market, trying to pick individual stocks, um, that kind of investing runs up your costs, makes costs higher, which therefore leads to lower returns on average. And that the funds that do or the managers that do beat the market, they're not consistent. It's a different group every time. In fact, we've talked about this. Over 10 years, some of the studies we looked at, only 19% of funds mm-hmm. equaled or beat the market over 10 years. Yeah,
2: and the other interesting stat is, is you know, when you look at it over 15 years, only 42% survive, which means 58% are being completely wiped out because they had poor performance. Exactly. Right. So even if it does survive, trying to find someone that is going to beat the the indexes or passive investing is next to impossible. It really. Yeah. Is. So
1: I mean, what do you do instead? Instead, you diversify. Right. You buy funds that are designed to get an asset class rate of return. And you you break your portfolio up into eight, ten, twelve different asset classes worldwide, so you have a representation in a lot of different asset classes, a lot of different markets. You're extremely well diversified, and you have funds that are designed to get the return of that asset class. You're not trying to beat it. Mm-hmm. You might beat it if you have the right funds, but you don't want to active. You don't want to fund with a lot of turnover.
2: We did a, a an article a couple of months ago about how the um, the quote professionals try to predict markets and and accuracy i think it was 47 percent they were um, correct on their predictions which means it's a flip of a coin so exactly. you have people out there that are trying to predict the, the direction of the market and you know stocks and sectors and and over time it has not been it has not worked
1: it has not worked out so and then their cost lowers the returns <laughs> with a lot of turnover and active management they they end up Making it a lot more expensive, right? And that lowers your return. So, good question of the week. All right, and that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates 706 739 0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these
4: messages and GM News. Stay with us. Money, 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 money.
1: Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we're going to um, lead off our next segment here with a new topic, and that is, Is the 60-40 stock bond portfolio mix
2: dead? And the answer is no. It's only
1: mostly dead, John. Only mostly dead. I you think know you're
2: that. quoting Princess Bride. There, that's right. Oh, yeah. oh man, uh, you know movie. John. John's yeah. a Princess Bride
3: movie
1: too, huh? Bride yeah, yeah. fan?
2: We uh, watch only, it. Yeah, once only a month. Mostly
4: you know.
1: dead. <laughs> <laughs> Just a <No>. flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think it will rev-
2: revive itself. There you go. There you go, guys. This is an article out of the USA Today by Jeff Reeves, and it's a it's a good it's a good read and. You know, what we're talking about is um, the, the mix and diversification, 60% in the stock market, 40% in bonds. And so the question is, is is that a still a good allocation? And uh, we'll kind of dive into that. And, um, you know, even when experts agree that the old guidelines are imperfect, they most people really differ on what the proper mix is. And this guy is saying years ago, managing your investment portfolio was simple, have 60% in u.s stocks and 40 percent in bonds and then rebalance uh once a year and um some advisors are moving away from that traditional model they're taking on some additional risk and in some cases it's coming back to bite them if you look at some of the real estate you know deals and so forth and uh this guy scott um puritz who is a managing director um out there for a uh, rebalance ira firm he's saying this, you know a couple generations ago it wasn't bad but he does he thinks they're outdated a little bit so you know we're going to kind of dive into that is 60 40 outdated he's saying the two big reasons for clinging to the old 60 40 formula is a bad idea or a combination of short-term and long-term factors and one I mean he's he's spot on there the interest rate environment we're in right now is very very low so if you do have a large portion in bonds You know, if you're if you have it structured correctly, short term and high quality, it is a low yield.
1: No question. For now, I mean, rates are rock bottom low. Um, Been that way for a long, long time here. I mean, just to put in context, just how low rates are right now. Bond yields are currently lower than ninety seven percent of history, according to this guy, Charlie below below us I don't know whatever his name is he's a director of research for asset management group pension partners And, you know, what he says, for instance, right now, the 10-year Treasury bond yields about 2.2%, which adds up to just $220 a year from a $10,000 investment. That's down from 5% yields right before the Great Recession. And the yields um, on 10 years, that regularly approach 7% across the 90s. So there's no question. I mean, rates are low, 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 and that 40% that's that's in bonds right now, not going to give you much
2: yeah that's right and the other so that's a short-term factor he's talking about the long-term factor is americans are living longer i mean the average life expectancy is up to about 79 years old you know thanks to modern medicine my uh grandmother just uh, turned 100 and so we have clients in their 80s and some in their 90s as well so people are definitely living longer that means if you quit working at Mm. age 60 you need to make sure you have money for 20 or 30 or sometimes even 40 years so that 's a valid that 's a valid point
3: that is a good point because you know uh, retirement 's not just a destination yeah. you don 't get there and then
2: you 're done that 's right that 's right and so if you look back at a, a historical returns for bonds back in the the early '80s it was up to you know twelve to fifteen percent now, like we talked about it 's two percent so what is the right mix um, for your portfolio and it really comes down to an individual um, you know what you need from an income standpoint, how long you need it to last. Of course, there's no magic number that fits every portfolio. Uh, 60-40 rule um, may be the the right number. You may need to be a little bit more uh, aggressive than that. So it's not surprising that experts don't agree on what the exact perfect um, portfolio is because it's going to depend on the individual. That's right. It's
3: definitely going to depend on individual needs and stuff. And he goes on to recommend broadening the definition of bonds uh, to include other income-producing investments. You know, including high-quality dividend stocks. And he poses this question. Uh, He says, would you rather have a stock investment with a dividend yield, which has historically been about 5% and growing at 5% a year, or would you prefer to have uh, some company's bonds, which are only, you know, yielding 2% and some change? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's another way to kind of look at
2: it. Yeah, but the key is is you have to be willing for that stock to go down because it's not going to stay that's, constant. No, that's, 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 that's a good point. And that's something that you know we'll talk about later, I think, in the article as well. Yeah. So he, here's some of the mixes he he talks about, and, and he's basically saying if you're in your 20s and 30s, you ought to be 100 percent in the market, which I think we we agree with. Um, as you get in your 60s, he's saying 70 to 80 percent should be in in stocks and equities and you know if you have that much in there you have to be prepared for a 2008 i mean that's right that is that is that's, the key um and that's the
1: problem the problem here is you know it's not just math if it was just math okay we'd all be 100 percent in stocks mm-hmm. until your time horizon got to be too short that you couldn't recover and then you'd be backing off right if that was if it was just about the math But it's also about your comfort level, your risk tolerance level. There can be nothing worse than being too aggressive and then getting scared out at the bottom in the middle of a correction. And he actually
2: his last his last thought is exactly that is he's he's. Says people should be more aggressive. And and I believe the three of us believe that. But if you're going to, you know, cash out and try to time the market, you're going to harm yourself more than being in a more conservative portfolio.
1: Exactly. And we've been doing this a long time. And, you know, we've sat down with hundreds of retirees, uh, at least I have over the last 20 years. And I can promise you, most people in their sixties that are retired, they cannot stand the 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 seventy eighty percent volatility of the stock market volatility that you're going to get with the portfolio they're recommending here. So, you know, they got to back up. You got to keep backing off till you get to a volatility level that you understand and you're comfortable with, and you can sit through. And sixty forty—that's about as volatile as mm-hmm. most retirees can yeah. take.
2: And and you—you know, you said if it was about numbers, they would be more aggressive. When you do look at the numbers, there has never been a twenty-year period um, that money hit, that the stock market has lost money. That's right. Uh, and there's only been a, a handful of ten-year periods. So if people understood that data, and that's what we try to share with folks, you know, if you're if you're willing to take a little bit more risk. Um, you know, we also, as we talk about all the time, try to have no debt, try to have emergency funds. Um, you can weather the 2008s with a 60-40 or even 70-30 type portfolio. But he also says that you may be ought to consider international.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, while <coughs> Billy O, whatever his name is here, <laughs> admits that current bond yields are are paltry, And Americans are indeed living longer and are in need of growth. He cautions against throwing it all in the U.S. stocks and hoping for the best. And and we certainly agree with that. I mean, after all, you know, the old 60-40 stock bonds, um, you know, that was fashionable at the time. There were lots of international – there weren't a lot of international opportunities Um, Today there is, and international investing, though, doesn't mean that it's going to lower your risk, right? I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to lower your volatility. Mm -hmm. Internationals, I think, we think are a good move. You want to be diversified internationally, but don't think that takes the, the place of bonds, it, it doesn't. Right. You know? It has
2: currency risk, um, as we see, you know, political risk and so forth. And, and certainly the risk-reward is more favorable today, um, according to Charlie, uh, outside the U.S., because the U.S. has done so so well the last five years. Um, That's true. He thinks, that, you know, a lot of, a lot of Americans um, have cash, and they're going to put them in American stocks, and they're going to be disappointed going forward. So diversifying in international investments, like we've said, you know, has has risk, um, but if you put it in a diversified portfolio, you know it can incur short, higher short-term volatility, but it can help out both with the return and the risk long-term. That's right, and if we, and of course, you know, like we've
3: mentioned several times, I think throughout this discussion, these are just starting points. You know, right. for everyone, your your personal investment needs. They're they're going to vary greatly from uh, situation to situation, and it's not just based on the financial goals, but what are your personal risk tolerance levels? You know, after all, you know, uh, uh, an investor they may get it intellectually. They they may know that these higher uh, risk investments should pay off in the long term, but if they can't stomach that at night. You know, uh, they don't need to be in there.
2: Yeah, and he, he, he wraps it up by saying there's no sense in creating the optimal asset allocation that works at the intellectual level. We talk about the data piece. If, when the markets drop, the investor can't sleep at night and they go into to a conservative portfolio. So, you know, as people get older, they have families, mortgages, paying down debt. I mean, their financial situations get more and more complex. So he's saying it's good to have a seasoned professional in the mix to, to strike the right balance for you personally. So is the 60-40 mix dead? Uh, no.
1: No, only, it's not. I well, think it's more mostly. prevalent
2: today than, than ever. you got to make sure it fits your situation, and, and we do planning, and that's a part of the planning process. But, uh, no, it's not dead.
1: Yeah, you got to have an allocation that you're comfortable with, that you can stick with through thick and thin, and you got to make sure that you understand – what a down market looks like, and that you can weather that storm with the amount of volatility you're going to have, and usually that means having, you know, in retirement, forty percent or even more right. in in bonds, regardless of what the yield is. So, you know, it's an interesting article, um, but you want to stay diversified. Want to make sure you're, you're uh, you know have your proper allocation for your risk tolerance level, right? Okay, well that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates during regular business hours, 706-739-0725. seven three nine zero seven two five. You're listening to Money M D. We'll be right back after these messages in June. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is a financial advisor with Young Associates, along with us. And we are um, starting off a new topic here. But before that, we're going to start off with the prescription of the week.
3: Yeah, you know, this week um, we're going to be talking about technology again. Last week we spoke about Facebook and some of the words that you might want to avoid. Um, but you know, this week we're looking at apps. Be careful what apps you use on your smartphone for your physical and financial health. Uh, your data that is being collected by apps like Fitness, uh, My Fitness Pal, Mint, and other apps isn't protected unless they specify within their uh, within their policy. That they won't sell it. So you know, some of this information is being sold and shared with different companies, and it can uh, it can rate against you, especially with your credit and some of your um, insurance
2: risk can actually go against you. So be be careful of the apps that you use. Yeah, all this data out there is amazing. I mean, to think people I mean they have they they know where you shop and what you look at and how much you weigh and you know it's just. It's it's a digital age. you got to be careful.
1: Yeah, I'd give only generic information, you know, to those apps. I mean, read the privacy notice before you give them any real personal information, you know, like Mint.com. Um, make sure you understand what they can do with your information. You know, and one thing that's a little bit concerning is that's just what we know. That yeah. They know oh, yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. No so doubt. Anyways. So, Something to be concerned about. That's a good one. All right, and that leads up to our last topic here, and that is the real reason the holidays are so pricey, and it's not just the gifts, right? There's it's a not lot the gifts? Of, a lot of other stuff goes free, into free holidays. Cakes? Not just the gifts. No. So, food. ouch, what's killing our budget, Gordon? Well,
4: there,
3: there's a lot of other things going on. You know, every year, thousands of Americans, they blow their budgets come December, and while they may be tempted to blame it on the jingle that they're forking over, you know, for gifts – You know for secret santa in office uh in your offices and different things that's only a small part of the overall reality
1: yeah that's true and americans they put more on their credit cards in december than they do any other month according to this study i mean more than 130 billion go against credit cards in december compared with only 100 billion in february um, so you know, this study shows that they'll probably be spending even more to come this December. Only, yeah, yeah. only,
4: and it's amazing.
2: <laughs> and you know, while some of the spending, of course, is is on gifts, a survey released this year by Deloitte found that Americans plan to spend $487 on gifts for others this year, and that's up 6% from last year. That only accounts for about one-third of the total amount spent, about $1,500 that Americans plan to spend this holiday season. So just a third is on gifts. There's a lot of other stuff going on here. There is. And
3: and this article was – I got this article from MarketWatch.com. Katie Hill wrote it uh, and through some of her contacts here. This is where they – you know, to some of this information. But, you know, according to consumer saving expert Andrea War- Warich, uh, she says most people think only about gifts when they make their holiday shopping budget. You know, but there are many other expenses that get overlooked that can send your spending soaring. And then you take into consideration that nearly 56% of shoppers... They plan to splurge on something for themselves as well. You know, hey, there you go. I'm not, not going to leave myself out here, you know, they're saying. And others, that wasn't a gift uh, this year. They're spending $131 or a little more than $130, you know, on those items versus $126. So, uh, Deloitte—they found that half the shoppers, they said they'd buy gifts for themselves this year, and that's up seven percent. You know, so buying your own—that's you the real
1: problem. Yeah. People go buy a lot of stuff for themselves yeah. during the holidays, and hey, I'm not alone. You know, I, I mean, when the deals are out there, you know, um, you know, but it's got to be in your budget. That's the
2: key. <laughs> Get those Black Friday apps going, exactly. right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what they found here was the fastest growing area of spending were non-gift items. Really, they're gifts for yourselves, what it is. They plan to spend 26% more this year than last year on clothing for themselves or their families. That wasn't a gift. Um, you know, and this, this may be to say an outfit to wear to a party. And then thirty three percent more on holiday and home furnishings, which of course is another gift for De- yourself. So I
3: was gonna say decorations. So I like the way that you kinda of reclassified that, Steve. Exactly. You know, you kinda of said, you know, your gift for yourself, so it still does fall into the I guess the gift category. But you know, while all the spending adds up, fewer than half of Americans have a specific budget for holiday spending. You know, they, they really don't take the time to sit down and look uh, at where everything's going out. And that's that explains why December spending often gets a bit out of control. And one of the best ways to control this annual epidemic is by budgeting, you know, by just using a budget. So look at what you spent last year uh, during this time, during the holidays, and then think about the current holiday plans and how, you know, that fits into your budget. Yeah, so,
1: if it's for you, don't click it. Okay. <laughs>
3: don't
2: click the button if it's for you. Don't yourself.
3: press the button there. You know, John. What are uh, what are some other ways that we can we can save during this time?
2: And yeah, this is a good one. Cash in some rewards that you have built up um, to pay for the gifts. So rather than popping gifts uh, onto that interest bearing credit card, uh, Mint dot com spokes, spokeswoman Holly Perez recommends cons- consumers cash in the rewards on credit cards and maybe other loyalty programs to pay for the gifts. So redeeming these points for merchandise or gift cards, it can take a little bit of time. So uh, you probably want to start, um, you know, like now. It can take weeks to get those. And she adds that you can often redeem... Uh, those rewards for gift cards, which makes, you know, pretty good presents for folks. Um, Or you can use it to offset the cost of the gift. And you can also give miles if you have um, frequent flyer miles um, or turn them into actual products like cookware or maybe some type of gadget. So, you know, use some things that you've built up uh, as well. She also adds that some cards are running special promotions offering extra points during this time of year. So find out what promotions can help you maximize your rewards you could you could get some of the holiday purchases for free if you uh, are savvy about your credit card use but of course you want to make sure that you pay off the balance in full on time uh, or the rewards won't be worth it at all That comes back to the budgeting piece of it absolutely and you know we we talk about credit cards a lot we're not big advocates of credit card use but
3: um you know if you are gonna drink that poison make sure you're you're, you're smart you it. with it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you know. All right. And then have a talk about the holiday spending with your friends and family. And this, this can be one that, you know, really touches home with a lot of people. There's no shame in telling people that this year will be a lean year or, you know, just putting some parameters in place when it comes to exchanging gifts. You know, um, Steve Seibel, he's an author of a book called How Rich People Think says says uh, that when it comes to talking to family, it's important to establish spending guidelines. You know, depending on the age of your children, you can touch on how much they can spend and, and what they can expect. Maybe even give them an extra chore to earn some money for the holiday spending so that they can buy gifts for others. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a good thing, I think, that we direct and we help our kids uh, also think outside of themselves here uh, during this time. But when it comes to the rest of the family, she says, you know, the secret Santa gifts, making charitable donations in honor of each other, a cookie swap or something like that, you know, just make sure that you, you're, you're a little bit cost conscious about that and that it's, it's part of your budget.
4: Yeah.
1: Another one they mentioned here is considering layaway. <clears throat> um, this isn't something I really agree with. Um, you know, but they know many retail retailers are offering free layaway programs this year, and so you you know it may not be for everyone. Comes with risk, but it serves as an option. Um, you know, rather than uh, carrying some kind of you know credit card balance, um, just put it on layaway, and that way it forces you to to pay it off whenever the layaway. You know, you got to get right, on a it payment comes due. when you have a payment plan. So it does have a little more discipline involved because it forces you to pay it off at a certain timeline, but you know really i mean i think if you don't have the cash you just need to you just need to not buy it
3: i'd agree because that's that puts i think a lot of pressure on parents grandparents and people you know hey i feel like i've got to buy this big big
2: gift and i'm going to do whatever i have to do there to make it happen i tell you where where we probably well i know we overspend um we don't do a good job is eating out during the holidays yeah kids are home and you know we we've kind of viewed that i think a society and views views is going out as a a luxury and, and relaxing and so forth you don't have to cook and clean and so we tend to um to stress our budget out you know at restaurants going out to eat Multiple times, whereas during uh, an August or September, we may go out. You know, once every two or three weeks with the kids, we'll go out two or three times a yeah, week. We during the, yeah, I mean, so you got to watch. There's a lot of different pressures, and uh, I know ours is is uh, probably eating out.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. You know, I mean, and just I mean, just quite frankly, not having a list. You know, people getting that that buying frenzy during you know the Black Friday and, mm-hmm. the, and the holidays and start buying stuff for themselves and the house and, you know, taking the trips. I mean, you've got to have a budget. That's the key. You've got to have a list you got to know what you're going to spend on each and every person there are lots of ways to cut down on what you spend like you said Gordon you know with you know making a craft or you know doing something different just taking a trip together or something and, and you know keeping it kind of under wraps rather than just going out and buying <clears throat> a separate present for everybody and, and considering
3: the travel as well you know i mean even if you're traveling locally you're probably going to be on the road a lot more than you normally would be you know visiting family doing different functions so, so. i think
2: our theme is is don't Hit the button and don't hit Granny. Right, that's it. Just that's it. Don't don't hit. Don't,
1: don't hit don't. the don't hit the button for yourself. You button. can that's buy right. for other people. That's right. you're going to shop, but. but. Definitely don't hit granny. Don't, don't even go out the stores this Friday. That's <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, MoneyMD.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us directly at info at MoneyMD.net. Give us a call. have questions, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Ladies and gentlemen.
0: Let's
4: see.